Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. Good morning. How are y'all awake? It's like, you know, it's 1130. You should be awake by now. So uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome to Waterhouse. So glad that you're here today. Before I get into the message, I just want to share a couple things with you. Um, if it's your first time here, you've been here for a while, and you never got to connect with us, we would love to connect with you. And so I just want to bring your attention to a couple things. In front of you, there's a little QR code. You can scan that. And in that little link tree is going to be a couple options. One says connect with us. And so we would love to connect with you. Just fill out that card, um, and then we'll get you a gift in the mail just for saying thank you just for filling that out. It's like free, free money, right? It's good. Well, you have to work for it a little bit, but that'll be good. And then also, I just want to thank all the people that served last night at the Live Nativity. Thank you, guys. Uh, it was amazing. I mean, we, had, we gave away everything. Like, it was amazing. We gave away lots of stuff. Um, and it was just a great moment. And then also want to thank all you who served at the Center of Hope the same morning. So it was a long day for some people. Like Henry was here all day long. So thank you, Henry. Um, just amazing, amazing group of people we have here. And uh, also, I just want to say thank you for those that give financially because, because you do, we can do things like this. Uh, last night, this, this kid came and, and was talking to me and he's like, is this free? I'm like, yes, sir, it is free. And he was just so amazed by it. He's like, oh, my goodness. And then he was going to jump in the, the bounce house. Said, the bounce house is 20 bucks, but everything else is free. He was just joking. Uh, and he stopped really quick. Uh, but it is, you know, because of your giving, because of your generosity, we can do stuff like this for the community. And, you know, somebody had to pay for it. Nothing's free, but who paid for it? You all did. And so thank you for that. So many people were blessed by it. And just thank you for that as well. So if you, want, if you want to continue giving, you can scan the QR code or in the back. If you still use check and cash, you can drop it off of the donations in the back in the offering box. So thank you for that. Today, I want to talk about something. What was I going to talk about? I don't remember. I think I lost it. Where did I put it? No. Do you, do you remember where I put it? Um, I want to talk about something. If I can find it, I, I can talk about it. Where is it? Oh, oh, you have it. Okay, thank you. Can you bring, can you bring that to me? I found my joy. I want to talk about joy today. You know, so many of us, it feels like this time of year you lose this. And you put it down and you pick it back up. Maybe never pick it back up. But so many of us lose our joy this time of year. And I want to talk to you today about joy because this is the season of joy. But so many of us seem to lose our joy because it's a hard, hard season for some people. And I hope today that this message blesses you, that this message helps you find your source of joy today. Uh, and I'm, we're continuing in the Christmas story. Um, and last week, we talked about David a little bit. The week before that, we talked about Mary. Today, I want to talk about a group of men out in a field in the middle 
of Bethlehem, some shepherds and how they found joy and how we can learn from their story. And maybe we can find joy in that as well. The title of the message today is Sheer Joy. Some of you got that. Some of you didn't. Sheep, sheer, joy. That's a bad dad joke. It was horrible. I thought it'd be better received. <laughs> Unwrapping the gift of Christmas. And so the questions we're going to ask is, where does our joy really come from? Like, where does it come from? Today, we're going to discover where our joy comes from. And today, I hope that we all leave here just full of joy, full of hope, full of the peace that Jesus has for us. And so are you ready for the word of God? Yeah. All right. So get your Bibles open, turn to Luke chapter two and meet me in the middle of a field in a small town of Bethlehem. And so if you have your Bibles and you're ready, go and stand up for the reading of the word. There we go. If you got it, say you got it. If you need a couple more minutes, please let me know. Seconds. So starting in verse 8, and in the same region, this is Bethlehem, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those to whom he is well pleased. And when the angels went away from them to, into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart, pondering them up in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Father God, I pray for this message today, Lord. So many people today, they're just lacking in joy, God. There's people that are in here that are hurting. They're in a bad place. And God, it seems like the world is crushing them. But Lord, I pray that today that this message would penetrate their hearts. God, that they would receive the joy that only you can give us, God. God, that they would have hope again, that they would have peace from the inside that cannot be stolen. Lord, you have given us this gift. And Lord, I I today, Lord, I just pray that everyone would receive today. Lord, that's the word for today. Receive it. Thank you, God, for that. Thank you, Lord, that we receive what you have for us, Lord. I pray you open my mouth to speak your words, and God, just help me through this. In Jesus' name, amen. You may have a seat. So in this story, these shepherds are just sitting out in the middle of a field, and this angel comes and brings this message. And the message is what? I bring good tidings of great joy. Not just a little joy, but great joy. And what is the joy that they bring? This word, this message, this message that Jesus has been born. This message that the Christ has been born unto you. And so the shepherds receiving this word, they go and they see this baby Jesus. And so I want to break down some things that we can learn from the shepherds and how they responded to this great message. Number one, the first thing we can learn is that this message, this joy is for everyone. Say it's for everyone. It's for me. Say it's for me. Because last time I checked, you're an everyone, all right? You're a person, and, and Jesus came for everyone. This joy is for all people, and you is a people. 
And so I'm just praying that we can receive this this joy that he has for us. And so he has come for all people. This, This message came to shepherds. Shepherds were the lowest of the low in the socioeconomic structure. And even in like society, nobody liked shepherds because shepherds smell like sheep. And nobody wanted them in their house. And so this angel comes to the lowest of the low and announces this message of Jesus Christ, the king. And what I love about the story, what I love about this message to the shepherds is it reminds me that Jesus came to the lowest of the low. And not only that, Jesus himself became low so that he could lift us up. He was born in a manger. He was born in a trough. I went to Israel uh, I got to go to Israel this year. Praise God for that. And when I was there, we, we got to see some things and learn some things about the culture and the time period back in the first century. And we went up to uh, this place. And in, in that place, there was this, metal, this stone trough. And the guy that was presenting said, this is probably like what Jesus was laid in. You see in our modern manger scenes, this nice wood, clean trough with some hay in it, nice and comfy. He said, no, 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 no. Jesus was probably laying in this stone cut out feeding trough. And that tells me, that gives me some comfort because the same Jesus that came to save my soul was not afraid to get in the filth. He was not afraid to get in the dirt. He was not afraid to be put in a cold, dark place. Many of you are in a cold, dark place right now. The good news is he loves to come to cold, dark places. And he wants to lift you out of that cold, dark place. And he comes to the lowest of the low so he can lift us all up. And this message was for all of us. And I believe that Jesus came the way he did so that he could save all of us, that people would not think we're outside of his saving grace. If, if I was the savior of the world, I probably wouldn't come the way Jesus came. I'd probably be born in a palace or I'd at least be born to some well-known preacher or something, right? I would, be, I would come to some rich person that can get my name out there. But Jesus didn't come that way. He came through a couple of lowly people and he was born in this little bitty town of Bethlehem in the, in the, in the meekest means possible because his word, his gospel was for everyone. There's nothing that Jesus hasn't experienced that you've experienced. Jesus has experienced it all. And so the question I have for you today is, are you in a low place? Are you in a place of just sheer pain or or sheer guilt? Are you in a low place today? The good news is Jesus came for you. And Jesus wants to pull you out. This, this Jesus, this same gospel, this same gospel, this Jesus came to fulfill this scripture, Isaiah 61. It's one of my favorites. Isaiah 61 says this about Jesus, and this is why he came the way he did. This is why he came to the lowest of the low, the poorest of the poor, so that he could lift us out of that. It says this about Jesus in Isaiah 61. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, and the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Are you poor today? You got good news coming to you. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. Are you brokenhearted today? He's here to comfort you. To, pro- to free the prisoners, for the prisoners to be freed. Are you, are you stuck? Are you, are you a prisoner to your own mind? Are you a prisoner to your own greed of grief? Are you, are you a prisoner to your own sense of unworthiness? Are you a prison to things? He has come to set you free. And he has sent me to tell those who mourn in the time of the Lord 
Favor has come. Are you mourning today? Are you full of sorrow? He's come to give you something. What's he come to give you? Let's keep reading. It gets better. He says, I'm going to give you a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be called great oaks for the Lord has planted for his own glory. He's saying, I've come to give you something, but you have to receive it. I've come to give you a headdress instead of ashes. I've come to give you something beautiful instead of your pain. I've come to give you something amazing instead of your sorrow. I've come to give you garments of praise. I love that translation. Instead of a spirit of heaviness. Man, do you have a spirit of heaviness this morning? Do you feel like life is not worth living? Do you feel hopeless in situations? He's come to give you a garment of praise, a joy that comes from the inside and works its way out, a joy that cannot be taken away. And he's come to plant you for his glory. It's a beautiful promise. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's the good news of of Jesus Christ. And so he's coming for you. And he came to the angels, these shepherds that were in a low place, because I believe they could receive it. Many of us and many people do not receive this gospel because they don't think it's for them. They think maybe it's for someone else. They think this good news of Jesus is for the perfect people, you know, the pretty people, the people that have it all together, the people that don't have sin in their life, the people that aren't stuck in bondage. But Jesus came to all of those. And he gives you hope for that. And he tells you today, and he's telling me today, just receive what I have for you. I want to give you something. I want to exchange your grief for joy. I want to exchange your sorrow for hopefulness. I want to exchange your ashes for beauty today. And I believe that Jesus came the way he did and the angels proclaimed him the way they did to these lowly shepherds for one reason and one reason only. The shepherds were low. Like I said, if you're in a low place, you're in a good place. If I was an angel and God told me, not not that I'm an angel, but if God told me as a messenger, hey, the Messiah is being born. Go proclaim it. Go tell somebody about it. You know who I'd go to first? Probably the king. I would go to the president because he's got, you know, he knows people. He can get the word out. So I'd say, hey, Jesus is born. We need to proclaim this to the world. Or maybe I would go to the media and tell the media, look, Jesus is born. Maybe I would go to a very rich, well person, maybe Elon Musk. Hey, Elon, the, the, the Savior's born. Get the word out. Because they had the means to get the word out. But why did Jesus come to shepherds? Because these people were too high for Jesus to reach. King Herod was the king at that time. He was a very evil man. And he saw Jesus as a threat. He saw Jesus as as someone that would take over his reign. And so as we read in scripture, also that we see that he sent out his soldiers to kill every newborn baby in Bethlehem that was two years and younger because he saw this Messiah as a threat to his kingdom. Why didn't they come to the priests and the Pharisees at the time? Because they saw Jesus also as someone who wanted to take over their religion. They saw him as someone that didn't matter. They saw him as somebody who was even demon-possessed. And so they didn't come and give this message to priests because they couldn't receive it. Why didn't they go to the rich people? Why didn't they go to the the well-known and the influential and tell them because Maybe they were too busy. Maybe they're too distracted. But the fact of the matter is the angel came to shepherds because shepherds could receive it because they were in a low place. 
And in that low place, they received this joy of hope. You know, I love today that we get to do four baptisms. It's super exciting for me. Yeah, because... Because when these people go under, when these people get in the water, there's something about the act of becoming low. They lower themselves down. They lower themselves to the lowest part, and they're raised up to new life. This is what Jesus does. He lowers us into the, we are pulled down to the low part so he can bring us up. And you know what I love about baptisms more than that is the face, is their smile on their faces when they get up. There is joy coming from their faces. I've seen so many baptisms. They're always smiling, some with tears streaming down their face. Some are just so excited about what God's done in your life. When's the last time you're excited about what God did in your life? When's the last time you had some joy? When's, don't, let, don't let the baptism dry off in your life. Don't let the water dry off. Always remember that moment where you said, Jesus, you are Lord of my life, and I'm going to accept that salvation, and there's going to be joy that manifests itself in me. But you have to receive it. If you don't receive the joy that Jesus has to give to you, you'll you'll never manifest his joy. You'll never make it known. And so here's the second thing I want to say is that joy can only manifest itself when you receive the true source of it. Because here's here's the facts. There's things in this world that will give me joy. I got to go watch my son perform. That gave me joy. I got to go, I got to help in in the nativity. That brought me some joy. I get to go date my wife. That brings me joy. But there's things in my life that give me joy, but they're only for a second. But there's only one source of joy that gives you joy forever. And this is Jesus. And I can imagine these shepherds as they received this word from this angel, maybe they were thinking in their minds, man, is this the one? Is this the one we've been waiting for? Is this the Messiah? Is this the good shepherd? Maybe they were thinking about Ezekiel's prophecy in Ezekiel 34. And they said, this has to be the good shepherd. And I want to read that to you. Ezekiel 34 says, for this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search and find my sheep. I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered flock. He says, I myself. This is why Jesus came to earth. He came. He's like, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to make it right. I'm going to find my sheep. I will be like a shepherd looking for their scattered flock. I will find my sheep and rescue them from the places they were scattered on that dark and cloudy day. I will bring them back to their own land of Israel from among the peoples of the nations. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel and by the rivers and all the places where people live. Yes, I will give them good pasture land on the high hills of Israel. There they will lie down in pleasant places and feed in the lush pastures of the hills. I myself will tend my sheep and give them a place to lie down in peace, says the Lord. I will search for my lost ones who strayed away and I will bring them safely home again. I will bandage the injured and strengthen the weak. It's a great promise. But he was also going to bring something else. But I will destroy those who are fat and powerful. I will feed them. Yes, feed them justice. Jesus is a conquering king, but he also comes to save us. He's come to pull us in and he's saying, I'm going to make all things right. And these people, these shepherds at the moment, under immense persecution and immense pain under this Roman rulership, they were thinking, man, when is Jesus going to come? When is the Messiah going to come? And they're thinking, this is finally the moment. No wonder they received it in joy. And they said, let's go see this thing that happened. Verse 5, 
of Luke, of this chapter in Luke. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And then they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Notice they didn't like wait around for the right time. They didn't wait around for the right moment. They didn't say, maybe tomorrow, I got a lot of stuff going on tonight. I'm pretty tired. Who's going to stay with the sheep? I mean, I, I, I got to take a bath. I got to get ready. I, if I'm going to go see the Messiah, I need to be ready for this. But no, it says they left in haste. They didn't wait to be presentable. They didn't trim their beards. They didn't do all the right things. They said, I'm going to go see this thing right now because this news is too good to not receive. And they show up. And this is what happens. They experience the joy of Jesus. And there's so many of you, believe, I just believe right now, that you're not receiving this gospel because you're waiting for everything to line up. You're waiting for the right moment. You're waiting for the right time. But I'm telling you, today's the right time. You just have to receive it. Jesus came to you. The angel is speaking to you today. Unto you, a child is born. Unto you, a son is given that's me, that's you, that's everyone. That's the good news of Jesus in our lives. But you have to receive it. If you don't receive it, you can't have it. And I think so many of us also think that I'm too dirty for Jesus. Like when I get my act together, when I get my stuff together, when maybe when my marriage is better, maybe when I'm treating my kids better, maybe, maybe when I treat my classmates better, maybe when I start doing the things I'm supposed to do as a believer, then Jesus will accept me. And that's not how it works, friends. He comes to you in your filth. He comes to you in your dirt. He comes to you in the place of lowness, and he raises you up. This is Jesus. This is the beauty of the gospel. This is the gospel. This is the good news. But so many of us don't believe the good news because we believe another news. We've turned on the news channel that says everything's bad. Everything's bleak. Everything's bad in my life. I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. I have no self-worth. Life is not worth living. I'm never going to have enough. I'm never going to be enough. My past is too heavy. My past is too bad. I'm telling you, you're listening to another gospel. And it's not the gospel of Jesus. You're listening to another word, and it's not the words of Christ in your life. You're listening to the accuser. Scripture says that we have an enemy, and the enemy's job is to accuse the brethren day and night. Do you feel accused? Do you wake up in the morning and you feel accused like, man, I messed up so bad last night. I messed up yesterday. I said I wasn't going to do this again, and I did it again. My life is never going to add up. My marriage is never going to be better. Like, I'm never going to amount to anything. Like, why would God even want me in his presence? And why would he even care about me? But the good news is, he says, come on with all your filth. Come on with all your dirt. Come on, don't be like the shepherds. Go in haste. Go in haste and he will lift you up. He will make you presentable. He will make you accepted. It's nothing we do. The joy you're not receiving right now is available to you if you just accept the source. Jesus is knocking at your door. 
And he's saying, let me into your life. He's been knocking for years. And you've ignored the knock because you're afraid of what he's going to say when you open it. But all you got to do is open the door. And you know what he's going to tell you? I've been waiting so long. I've been waiting so long. Thank you. Let me come in. Let me make you right. Let me make you beautiful. You just can't receive it because you're afraid. Don't be afraid. Just like the angel said, don't be afraid. It's good news. It's beautiful news. I accept you in your dirt. I accept you no matter what you did last night. I love you. And I want to make you clean. I want to make you new. I want to make you beautiful the way I created you. Thank you, Father, for this word. Here's the thing I've discovered about joy, especially in the Lord. Once you receive it and once you get it inside of you, it begins to grow. And it begins to form in us. And it tends to kind of explode out of our lives. Because here's the thing I've learned also about joy is that we can have joy even in the mundane. Even in our daily work. How many of us love going to work? Yeah, some of us. Yeah, some of us. Praise God. Not too many of y'all were like, yes, I love work. I love work. But there can be joy even in work. There can be joy even in deep sorrow. There's something about this joy from the Lord that just surpasses everything. There's joy in the mundane. The shepherds did this. They returned to their fields. Verse 20. Glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. What changed for the shepherds? They went and saw Jesus and they go back to the fields, what changed for them? Nothing. They went back to the same old smelly sheep, to the same old barn, to the same old job, to the same family, to the same situation they're dealing with at home. All the things were still the same, but yet something had changed in them. They had a joy that was deep inside of them, and they went back glorifying and praising God in all they did. And I'm telling you, some, when you accept Jesus, nothing on the outside is probably going to change. These guys didn't show up back to their sheep pen and go, oh my goodness, our sheep multiplied by 3,000. We are rich. There wasn't a mansion sitting there. There wasn't a winning lottery ticket for them. They came back to the same old circumstances that they left, but they had something new. They had a joy that cannot be taken away. They hadn't seen the king and received him with joy. Despite the stinky sheep, despite having to pay the bills, despite having to plan bar mitzvahs and getting ready for Hanukkah and all the things that they had to do, they had this joy deep within them that stood up to the pressure of the day. And I, I think a lot of us need this joy that stands up to the pressure of our day. You know, have you ever watched like a submarine go deep or, or like these deep diving things? They can only go to a certain level because once they get past that level, the pressure on the outside becomes too great. And if they keep going down, 
even though they're ignoring the pressure, what happens? It implodes, crushing everything. And I think some of us are in that moment, like we're feeling the pressure of the world and we think it's going to make us implode. But as long as you have joy in the outside, it is the counter pressure that keeps you stable, even in the immense pressure of the day. And then like on the other side, sometimes the pressure on the inside can become so great that, that on the out, greater than the outside, then what happens to those things? Explosion. And maybe your life feels like that right now. Maybe you feel like you're going to explode. Maybe the pressure on the inside, the pressure of, of doing all the right things, the pressure of, of, of trying to be right, the pressure of trying to meet up to everyone's expectations. Come on, it's Christmas. Right? Who do I got to buy gifts for? Where do I have to be? Where's my family going to eat? Like, what are we going to have? And, and on top of the regular pressure you have, it can feel like you're going to explode. And many people do explode. I've been driving on the roads lately. <laughs> Maybe I was one of them. But the pressure on the inside becomes so great we want to explode. And I'm telling you, the joy that Jesus gives is that counter pressure. It's what keeps us stable. Scripture says that we are perplexed, right? That we are, we are pushed down, but we're not destroyed. We're shaken, but we're not, we're not destroyed. So there, there's this pressure that, that comes in. This joy is the counter pressure that keeps us from imploding. Because when we implode, what happens? We get depressed. We get full of anxiety. We go run. We go hide. We go find other things to give us some joy. Maybe it's a drink. Maybe it's uh, a drug. Maybe it's just uh, a seclusion. I don't know where you go implode. I know where I implode. I know I go find a quiet place where there's no people and it's not healthy. Maybe you implode or maybe you explode. But I'm telling you, when you have joy in your life, the joy that he gives, it's the counter pressure to life's pressures. I pray that you receive this joy today. I pray that you receive it and you let Jesus fill your life. And Nehemiah, I didn't give them the passage, but Nehemiah, I believe 410, there's this story. These people had rebuilt the temple. They were starting to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And while they were doing that, they found a scroll of the Lord. They found the word of God. And Ezra, the priest, gets up and they start reading the word of God with everybody standing. It's a beautiful sight in scripture. It's what we call revival. <laughs> and these people are listening to the word. They're standing for hours and hours listening to the word of God. And, and, and as Ezra's reading, the people start to weep. And they become sad because they're realizing that they're not living up to their side of the agreement. They're realizing that, that God had made a covenant with them and they're saying, oh my goodness, we haven't lived up to this covenant. But in that moment, Nehemiah stands up with the priest and he says, don't be sad. Don't let this push you down. Be glad. This is a joyous occasion because look what Jesus has done. Look what God has done for us. He's brought us back in. He said, the reading of the word should bring joy to your life. This word should be good news because it's fulfilling the scripture that I will bring you back. And so he tells them in this moment, Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And today the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is where you're going to find the strength to move on, the strength to keep going, the, the, the strength to, to keep moving into it, but you got to receive it. You got to let it grow in you 
and mature. And there's something about joy that just kind of bubbles out of people. Have you noticed this? And even in the mundane of life, you can still have joy. There was a, a woman I speak of a few times. Me and my wife used to go to Sam's quite often. We don't go very often. We need to start going to Sam's again. Or Costco, maybe Costco. But when we go there, we go to the checkout. You know, the person that checks, you know, checks the receipt, makes sure you're not stealing nothing. And while she's, she's always there, same lady, very colorful. She has beautiful fingernails, really long. And she's sitting there checking us out. And I said, how are you today? She goes, I am blessed and highly favored of the Lord. And she's got a smile, the radiating out of her life. And I'm like, man, I want to be like her. I want, I want to say when somebody says, how are you doing? Like, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Man, I've got life. I've got joy on the inside of me. I've got life on the inside of me. Despite what happens on the outside, I know that I'm right with God. And that gives me joy. And I want to be like that. The joy of the Lord was her strength. And today I pray that the joy of the Lord is your strength. The true joy that Jesus gives stands stronger than anything that can come at us. I'm reminded of Psalm 35. It says, for his anger lasts for a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. It's morning. It's morning. It's time to receive his joy. You've been mourning long enough. You've been sorrowful long enough. The night is passing. The day is rising. It's time to accept the joy that Jesus has for you. But it's hard for us to receive. It's so hard for us to receive because we think somebody else is worthy and I'm not worthy. And so I'm going to practice. I'm going to make you practice receiving right now. So last year, several of the men in the church got together on men's group that meets at 6.30 on Monday. And we said, hey, what can we do to help? And we thought about this. We said, you know, our heart is for single moms because it's hard. I know my mom was a single mom. You work long hours, you come home, you try to take care of the kids, you do it all yourself, you're by yourself. And, and I remember my mom crying. I remember the pain in her eye. I could see it, the worry. And as men, we're supposed to take up the cause. And we're supposed to help those who need some help. And so today, if you're a single mom today and you still have kids in the house, I want you to stand up. Just stand up. I want to recognize you. Come on. Don't be, you got to receive this. If you don't stand up, you can't receive it. This is an act of receiving today. Okay. Anybody else? We have something for you. So we see them all. So we want to give you a gift card for $200. And we want to bless you because God has blessed us. It's an act of receiving. All you got to do is receive it. Henry, go and pass those out. Go and remain standing. Henry's going to pass those out. And, and listen, it's, it's not here to call you out or do anything. But we love, we love you. You don't have to walk through life alone. You may feel alone, but you're not alone. We have people that love you, but you have to receive that love. You have to receive that love. You know, those gift cards didn't just pop up. Somebody had to pay for them. And the greatest news ever is that Jesus paid the highest price for you. All you gotta do is receive it. 
You just got to receive him, receive the work that he's done on the cross. That's what these people that have gotten baptized or about to get baptized have done. And so if you're going to get baptized, I would like you to go and get ready if you can. And then we're going to meet over here by this tank. And we're going to baptize these people. It's going to be joyous. But now this is what I want to do. I want to have the altar team come up while they're getting ready. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive. What do you need from Jesus? Maybe the door that that Jesus has been knocking on in your heart is opened and you want to walk in. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand with me. Father, I pray. I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for this message. I thank you, Lord, for Jesus who came to this earth to give us joy, to give us hope, to give us peace. Lord, to give us what we cannot get on our own. Lord, that you paid the price for our life, that you paid the price for our salvation, that you came to the low and the out. God, so you can lift us high and up. God, thank you, Lord, that you lift us out and you make us right and you give us an inheritance in heaven that is fit for a king. God, you loved us that much. You saw worth in us and you gave your life for us and you came as a baby so that you will understand where we came from. And Lord, I pray that people today would receive this message in faith, that they would in haste run to the altar to give their life to you. In haste, come to the altar to get what you have for them. Maybe it's healing, maybe it's peace, maybe it's hope, maybe it's joy, whatever you need from the Lord, he has it for you. You just have to come and receive it. If you don't receive it, you can't have it. He's doing this and he's waiting for you to grab it. All you got to do is come up and get it. So Father, I pray that as, as we go into this song, as we get ready for these baptisms, Lord, that people would come to the altar and receive what you have to give them today. In Jesus' name, come get prayer. Come let the Lord speak to you. Come let him just give you what you don't have. In Jesus' name, amen.